Max over here. Why have one carrier or, or one community update when you can have two? And that's exactly what we've got here. Mary O'Connell joining us for, for Running on Ice. Mary, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys this morning? Great. How are, and and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, basically the newbie getting involved with temperature-controlled freight for the first time. Uh, this is an interesting subject that, uh, that you know, obviously every broker has got to deal with at some point. But maybe start us off here. What are three things that uh, the new person has to figure out quickly when dealing with temperature-controlled freight? Um, I mean, the most important thing is obviously just know what the temperature is supposed to be. Um, but no, this week we really, uh, this week we kind of get to have a, um, what I like to call is a beautiful crossover event. We, you know, dive into the brokerage side of temperature controlled freight and what that looks like. Um, because it's a very important part of the cold chain, obviously, as a lot of cold chippers will use, uh, brokerages to move their goods. So, um, Really, the biggest thing that you need to know is um, when you first just jump into a brokerage or you first start your brokerage, don't just start with gold chains. Start with regular drive-in, understand the transportation industry, get your feet wet there. And then after you feel confident with that, then jump into reefer and refrigerated and temperature controlled freight because everything you know about drive-in just throw it out the window because you're going to be learning it all over again. So the biggest thing is just to make sure that, you know, the temperatures are correct and they've been communicated. They're on all the documentation. You know, you've had those conversations with your shippers about, um, you know, what are the threshold there? Like, what are the variant thresholds? How high can it go? How low can it go? Uh, make sure you have the proper visibility tools before that shipment to make sure that, you know, if you're going to be going through a desert that, you know, they've serviced their reefer lately. Um, those are some of the most important things that you want to know is, you know, what are the shipper's expectations for this load? Um, does the carrier have enough insurance to cover the goods? Because a lot of times some of those refrigerated and temperature controlled loads those require just a little bit higher insurance than you would on a typical dry van. So anything that you have like that, you're going to need. And if you have a carrier that is not willing to, um, you know, get the higher insurance, maybe don't use them because that's an immediate red flag that you don't want to deal with. Because if something does go wrong, it's just not going to be a good time. Let's put yeah. it that way. That, that's that's going to be tough. As my first boss years and years ago told me at one point, technology is great. When it works, uh, when you mm -hmm. get to that point, obviously you're going to have fluctuations. You're going to have changes. Like you said, you could be going through a desert. You could be going through, uh, you know, areas where maybe it's, it's still cold, but you still have to maintain some sort of uh, of temperature inside the uh, inside the van. Uh, with that, how do you deal with temperature fluctuations, and what happens when things inevitably at some point go wrong? So the biggest thing is um, just making sure that your driver's informed. So having a seasoned driver that's used to running a reefer unit, used to running temperature-controlled freight, that's going to be the number one thing because that driver, they will know, okay, well, I'm about to go into... Arizona, the desert, where it's usually even in like January, it's still hot. So um, it could be hot in the days and hot at, and cold at nights. So that's where you need to just have a driver that's familiar with this type of freight and working with those reefer unit. So that way, you know, maybe they can adjust it a little bit. There's some different service things that they can do as the drivers can do before they head into maybe the Northeast in the wintertime or the desert in the summertime. There's some extra adjustments and things that they can do and the biggest thing is knowing is knowing that that driver knows what to do 
because if they do, then that'll kind of help you down the road. And the chances of that product spoiling or, you know, being unusable when it delivers is going to be significantly less with a seasoned driver. So obviously if you can find a driver that's been running temp freight for 20 years, that's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty good driver. You're going to want to hold on to. And speaking of uh, drivers, customers, customer characteristics, especially as a new broker, you're trying to source them. It's very important. I, I've noticed if they don't give you enough information about what to preset your reefer trailer at, you can have some problems like spoiled ice cream. What are some things that uh, red flags and green flags uh, new brokers should be looking for when they're trying to find the right customers to work with? Uh, green flag is immediately a customer that is communicative, responsive, upfront with all their details. We love a customer that over communicates and has all of their expectations and needs just laid out from the day one. That is like the chef's kiss of customers. They are beautiful. <laughs> they are wonderful. Um, they are truly a unicorn though, because in reality, no, not a lot of shippers are going to say, well, here's everything I have. Here's everything I want you to do. Okay. Have fun. Um, unfortunately, sometimes customers are a little less forthcoming with that data. So for example, if you have a customer that says, oh yeah, yeah, it's just a couple produce loads, just a couple produce loads. Um, uh, they never really tell you exactly what it is until you get there or until, um, maybe you get extra details. The, um, the thing is that like, that's not really going to be a carrier that or a shipper that I want to work with. Not that there's any typical bad shippers or bad customers that you can work with in a brokerage. It's just a matter of which one fits your brokerage and which one fits your needs. So having a customer that's communicative and upfront and honest and, you know, just kind of easygoing is beautiful, but hard to come by. Obviously, there are some aspects of uh, temperature control freight which are much easier than others. For instance, and say, for instance, electronics, you don't want them, I mean, obviously, they don't necessarily have to be temperature controlled, but you do want to watch the temperature of electronics, for instance, in the dry van, uh, if you wanted to, to, to do some more temperature controlled areas there. There are obviously elements like food, perhaps, uh, that has got to be much, much more difficult. What is What are the, are the big, say, for instance, if you're a broker and you see something across your desk, uh, what do you really have to be careful about when it comes to temperature-controlled shipping? Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is something that Thomas mentioned earlier, and that's ice cream. Um, if you're mm. shipping ice cream, um, when that goes bad it goes bad and it's a mess and it's a nightmare and it's, it's a no for me. But then again, <laughs> I also, I also am one of the weird ones that say, Oh yeah, I'll haul produce. I'll haul uh, harvest season stuff anytime. But that's because ag is what I'm familiar with. So food is, I'm not as familiar with. So to me, that's its own beast. Um, but generally most people would say that produce is kind of a pain to deal with because um when it's harvest season when you have to have those trucks at the fields ready to go that just happens like that like it just is like a switch overnight you could call the farmer every day and he'd go not yet not yet uh it's a little too wet this morning not yet okay, go. And then all of a sudden you just have to have the trucks there. It's kind of just like a, it's a masterful game of hurry up and wait, because then as that one goes, then it just kind of domino effects across the country. And if you're just a week late on that, then you're just going to continue being a little bit late for everything. So 
I think that, uh, and then obviously produce hauling produce comes with its own, um, host of issues because it's, it's food grade and it has to be consumed by us. So there's a, a lot more regulations that go with it, which as a consumer, I am very, very grateful for. Um, but as someone who gets annoyed with those regulations, I get annoyed, but I know that it's for the overall long-term good. So it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I would have to say that produce and, uh, some of those frozen dairy items, just because when dairy goes bad, it goes bad and it's just sticky and stinky and there's no way to salvage it. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about that just for a little bit. We've got about a minute left here. Uh, obviously, not 100% of all loads go as planned. Uh, so what would be your advice, uh, if any, uh, when it comes to a situation where you've got a load that, uh, unfortunately, the refrigerator didn't work and all of a sudden you've got a bad load? How do you handle that? Um, my approach is slightly different than other people's as in, I want to tell the customer as soon as possible that something went wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, other people like to try to hide it, which isn't exactly the best. Um, never hide things from your customers. They will find out and it just won't be good when it happens. So, um, I would say just tell the customer, like if you find out the reefer failed, find out when it failed, where it is, how far that driver is from the destination. Because a lot of times, for example, when you haul kegs of beer, they can only be outside of a temperature controlled environment for six hours. So if your temperature, if your reefer unit fails three hours away from the desk, excuse me, from the destination, then you're probably fine. But you have to tell your customer ahead of time so that way they know that they have to get that truck unloaded very quickly and they have to temp everything that comes there. So I think just you know, fit, knowing all of those things of what happened, what went wrong, where did it go wrong, and how much time does that driver have left, just call your shipper, do that, because that way they can do what they need to do on their side to see if there's anything that can be salvaged from that load. Mary, real quick, how can people keep up with the Running Alliance community? If you want to keep up on running on ice, just don't get off of Freightwaves TV at all today. Just stay on there <laughs> until 2.30. You're going to see me and you're, we're going to have a good time talking about freight um, and the cold chain. So just stay on Freightwaves TV till 2 o'clock today. And uh, yeah, then then after that, you can find me on Twitter at Mario underscore 119. And you can subscribe to the newsletter on Freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Mario Connell, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, Mary O'Connell, our Running on Ice community leader. And uh, we're going to take a short break here, but we'll come back with a whole lot more, including Patrick uh, from, uh, from um, oh, excuse me, Zanetta. from uh, Zanetta.com. Excuse me. Uh, we will, we'll be back with him right after this. 